Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. So in today's episode, I'm sharing with you the vitamins and minerals that I see most commonly that my clients are depleted in. So what are the key vitamins that time and time again, when I'm working with my one-to-one clients, when their lab results come back, they are low, 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 low in and are causing a whole lot of problems. I've worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients now, and so I've started to see patterns. So I'm gonna share with you probably top six things that I see most depleted. This is by no means a comprehensive list, um, but it is something that comes up time and time again when it comes to my clients feeling tired, sluggish, achy, slumped in the afternoon, having poor sleep, and feeling just kind of inflamed and a bit, you know, all of these things make a huge difference to your mental health, your physical health, and your energy production, okay? So I'm going to dive into what those are, what the symptoms might be if you're depleted, what foods to eat more of to get more of them, and also talk a little bit about supplementation as well. So this is going to be super practical. You might want to take notes, but I know it's going to be really, really helpful for you guys. And I encourage you at the end to just think about what one small action can you take away from this episode? I don't want you to implement everything I say, but I do want you to take one snippet, one thing that resonates with you and put it into action. Otherwise, this is just information and it's not going to change how you wake, how you feel every day when you wake up. It's not going to change your brain fog or your weight or your hormones. But take, by taking small actions, they can be tiny, that is actually how you build this healthy, energized, happy life. Okay? So in other news, a couple of updates. Sorry I missed you last week. I took some time off. I was going to say I went on holiday, but you know what I mean. I took some time off working because... We've just not taken much holiday in 2020 because there's just nowhere to go. Um, and my husband, we were like, oh, he has four weeks left of annual leave. Um, we need to use some up. So I had some time off, which was actually really nice. Um, we did some chill things. Also started potty training my toddler, my two-year-old, which bless him, he's actually done really well. Um, but, you know, how I was crying yesterday when he was like peed himself for like the millionth time um and he's a bit scared to poo in the potty but he's actually doing really really well bless him and in his big boy pants so that has been really fun um and I just wasn't organized enough to do a podcast (laughs) before I went away I've been actually really busy and fully booked with clients which is really fun but obviously my one-to-one clients are my priority and so the week before holiday was just really busy um, with client stuff, which is so fun. And I'm fully booked. Um, I'm not taking on any new clients now until sometime in 2021, um, partly because I'm just booked and fully booked. And the other part is because I'll be on maternity leave for a couple of those months as well. So do make sure if you do want to work with me on a one-to-one basis that you get on my wait list, which you can just go to kezuhall.com, click the work with me page, um, and get on the wait list there so that we can probably, we could probably have a call within the next kind of month or so just to find out if it's a good fit. And then, um, you could get on the wait list and pay a deposit to be the first person to, that I start working with when I get back. And also I can give you some homework to do between now and then. So do make sure you get on the wait list if you're chomping at the bit to work with me. It's also a great idea if you want to work with me, but um, and you want to commit to that in 2021, but you want to save up, you could commit to that now, pay a really small deposit, and then when we could get started next year, you'll have saved up the money you need to pay me, which is a great plan if you're more of a, if you're thinking on the budgeting side of things, which I always tend to do. Otherwise, client stuff has been super fun. Um, As always, I just had an email actually this morning from a client I just started working with a couple of weeks ago who's suffering with really difficult brain fog. It would just be like this massive cloud that would come upon her. She'd really, really struggle, just not even be able to focus. Um, I suspect there's probably issues with her dopamine pathways because there's some different addictive behaviors going on. 
weight is an issue, digestion is an issue, energy is an issue. And she sent me an email and was just saying, you know what, my brain fog is massively reduced. Like this is literally within like 10 days of making some changes. Um, her energy is doing better. She was falling to sleep easier and generally just feeling much better about what she was eating, which was really, really awesome. And other updates from a client that were, that a client that was telling me they're just, their bowels have gotten so much better. So they're having regular, healthy, happy, no drama um, bowel movements every day. Their energy was feeling steadier. Um, they were feeling like they were much lighter and had lost lots of weight, even though you know, in the time frame we'd been working together, they realistically, you know, hadn't lost a stone. But just because their digestion had improved and their constipation had improved, they were like, my belly is so much better. And so that's really fun. That's why I love doing what I do. Um, just because these are real results and they affect your life. They affect your every day. They affect how you wake up in the morning and how you feel. So that is um, also really, really fun. And then other updates in life. I mean, I've been getting ready for Christmas, playing lots of Christmas songs, made some mince pies. I made my Christmas cake, guys. I have never made my Christmas cake in advance ever before. I have in my, I have a festive um, ebook where I have a last minute uh, Christmas cake recipe because I nearly always just make that on like the 23rd of December. But this year I've made it in advance. So I'm just going to fill it with tons of booze because I love Christmas cake. <laughs> So that's my hashtag smug moment of the week. Oh, and I also um, relaunched and reopened my Flourish Academy. I'd shut that down for a while to do some maintenance and upgrade things and all of that kind of thing. So I'll be giving you more information on that via email and in the coming months ahead, because that is going to be the best way that you can work with me between now and the next couple of months. And so many women have gone through it and seen phenomenal results. So if you're looking to beat the bloat and double your energy, shift your hormones and change your relationship with food, then the Flourish Academy is for you. So you can find out more about that at keziahall.com forward slash flourish. But everyone on my email list should get more info on that. So yeah, it's been fun. It's been a, a, a full-on couple of weeks, even with holidays, because potty training <laughs> and, and getting ready for these babies. Honestly, I'm such a list person. I'm like, oh my gosh, these babies, the, their due time is around the start of February-ish. Um, twins can come early. So you never really know with babies, hopefully, but hopefully they won't arrive until the start of February. So I've just been like gathering clothes and car seats and you just need twice, like double of everything. And <laughs> we're moving house and yeah, so things have been full, but I have really prioritized my daily sleeps, my yoga nidra, my meditation, afternoon baths and taking and asking for as much help and support as I possibly can um, so that I can really rest and chill and that's been really helping. So I'm feeling really good as much as I can feel with being pregnant, if that makes sense. Those of you that listen to the podcast regularly know I'm not the most radiant of pregnant people, but I am doing good and I've only got about two months left. Oh, thank the Lord. I cannot wait. And then guys, I'm never going to be pregnant again. Like never. I'm just so excited for that. <laughs> anyway, let's go on today's show. Vitamins, minerals, nutrients. That's what we're looking at. What are the most common nutrient depletions or um, imbalances that I see with my clients? So I'm going to go through, I think it's five of the ones that I probably think are most common that I see um, when I'm working with clients either through um, test results um, or sometimes just through symptoms. If someone's not doing testing, then um, again, I often will make an assumption based on their symptoms. And then when we support and get that nutrient level up, they feel better, then um, that's what we're going to be talking about. But most of these are things that I see most common through the test results and the different panels and labs, private labs that I run with clients. So I'm going to go through the five different ones because chances are if the hundreds of people that I've worked with, if there's a pattern with them, then these are probably going to make um, and play a role in your health and certain symptoms. So I'm going to go through each nutrient, 
what it does in the body and what it might look like or could potentially feel like if you're a bit depleted in this specific nutrient. Now, obviously, um, a lot of these symptoms that I'm going to go through, it, th this basically isn't a definitive list. I see clients with tons of um, depletions or sometimes also I see clients with too much when we do testing. They've got way too much of certain nutrients like iron and those kinds of things. And that also tells us something really useful in the about the body, which is why I love doing more functional lab testing with clients. And a note on client testing, um, it's really worth saying I use a couple of different really reputable labs for all the clients um, um, testing that I do. And when it comes to testing, a lot of the time people are like, oh no, I've had all the tests done at my GP. I don't need any more testing. It's really important that you know the distinction. So the testing that I do with clients is really a functional testing. I'm looking at how is your body working. It's not my job to diagnose anything. When you go to the GP, if they're looking at your thyroid or if they're looking at um, any kind of a test, they're really looking to make a diagnosis. And that means certain test results need to work and fall between a certain parameter or a certain out with a certain reference range. Um, and that and that might indicate disease. So that's kind of what your doctor is doing. And those tests obviously play a really important role. It's really helpful to get that kind of more diagnostic testing. But this holistic testing that I do, so say when I do hormone panels, what I'm looking at is how much hormone is being produced? What, how is that circulating? Is it being metabolized well with the liver? What's happening to it when it's done? What are some of the nutrient factors going in? How, I look at basically how is your whole hormonal pathway working and really looking at how it functions from a holistic perspective because you can have a lot of imbalances in say your estrogen pathways but there's not necessarily any disease diagnosis. Does that make sense? So your doctors work within the framework of disease diagnosis and management. As a holistic nutritionist, the tests that I do is really looking about functionality and that holistic approach of the whole body. I want to see how optimally and how well the different systems and the different pathways in your body are working for you. And you might have had your GP test you for PCOS and endometriosis and all of these other hormonal things or um, other kind of issues that might be getting in the way of fertility. But when I run my functional labs on you and the Dutch test that I run very commonly with clients, then we can see a whole lot of imbalances and reasons for why you could your hormones could be out of balance or you're struggling to conceive that aren't necessarily going to fit a specific diagnostic label. Does that make sense? So just a quick, I get that question a lot where people are like, no, I've had my thyroid tested by my GP. And then I'm like, yeah, but they probably looked at one marker and they've not looked at the entire function of your thyroid. And that's where these more private labs can come in really handy and be a great addition to any other lab work that you're, you've had done or will have done by a doctor. Okay. Right, so let's dive into it. So in the title of this podcast, I've used the words vitamins, but really what I'm looking at is nutrients. So that includes minerals, vitamins, and also just other nutrients, as we call it, in the in the body. And it's really important before I share with you these five different things that I see most people um, struggle with and have depletions with, it's important that we, again, look at this and remember that this is really holistic, a holistic approach. So um, it's really easy to take the paradigm that we have with medication, which is someone prescribes you a pill, you take it and your symptoms should go away. And it's that kind of miracle pill idea and um, that we don't apply that paradigm to supplements. So um, when it comes to nutrients, vitamins, minerals, these kinds of things, more isn't always best. And it's really important that I talk about it with clients uh, from a Goldilocks perspective. You know, your body doesn't want too much of something and it also doesn't want too little. And all of these nutrients that we're going to be talking about interact with other things in the body. They're not an isolated, when you supplement with something, it's not just having this isolated reaction. It's working with the entire system of your body and what's already there. Okay, so remember, um, supplements aren't just other aren't medication. They're not nutrients, and supplementing and repleting certain nutrients isn't the same approach as taking your statin to lower your cholesterol. 
it's got to remember this is a holistic approach i'm a holistic nutrition we're looking at the whole body all the body as one massive complicated system that where uh lots of things can go wrong (laughs) and that's why i love my one-to-one work and why i work with people privately because it that's where when you get that personalized and private approach that's really when you start to accelerate your results um i know so many people that i work with are like i've tried to go gluten-free or go paleo or whole 30 or vegan or tried to figure this out or i've bought probiotics before and they've not really seen any difference and it's because they've not had that really personalized holistic approach that I bring and that I'm trained and qualified to, to, to do is my job. Anyway, the first nutrient is actually going to be a mineral. And this is one I think I've done a podcast on before. So I will link below and that is magnesium. Now, magnesium is something you might've heard of before. It might be something you already supplement with. It's kind of a relatively popular, nutrient in the health world and space where everyone's just like magnesium, magnesium. Um, So magnesium is a mineral and it is something I tend to see um, people be relatively low in um, through either their symptoms or I often run hair mineral um, tests where you take a sample of hair and you um, test for kind of uh, your mineral levels there. Um, I do that a lot with clients just because it's a really affordable test. It's maybe not the world's, it's not 100% accurate, but for the price, I think it's a really great option for clients. Also looks at heavy metals as well. You'd be surprised at how often a lot of my clients, like I had some test results back this morning and they were really high in arsenic, really high in mercury, really high in calcium as well, which is quite common and that's not a good thing. You really don't want loads of calcium, which is why I really rarely recommend anyone supplement with calcium supplements, unless you know clearly that maybe you have osteoporosis and you're working with someone holistically and got, you know, a good idea with that. Um, but magnesium is a really important one. So magnesium affects so many things in the body. It's, um, really impacts your energy production. So your ATP, that energy reaction in the body, magnesium is really required for that. It's also really important for your liver and and some of your detox pathways. So if your hormones are out of balance or you struggle with um, brain fog or all these kinds of things, it could potentially be to do with magnesium. It also impacts signaling in the body and um, your electrolytes. It, it basically affects everything. Uh, there's some different schools of thought on the interwebs, but um, people generally think between 300 to over a thousand different chemical reactions in the body depend on magnesium. And the way that you can really use up and kind of use up all your stores of magnesium, as it were, is by being stressed a lot of the time. So you can see why this is a mineral that lots of people are often really low in. So Typical symptoms I look for with clients that make me think in my head, even before I've done any testing that kind of make my brain go ding, 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 magnesium, are key things are things like restless leg syndrome, you know, when your leg just is all kind of ache, not achy, but restless leg syndrome, really annoying, or lots of spasms, especially at night, that's often to do with magnesium, poor sleep, either in quality or quantity, that can sometimes be to do with magnesium as well energy production being low, um, general hormonal imbalances, those would all be the main things that I would initially think, ding, magnesium, when I'm asking my clients all the millions of nosy questions that are happening. Also, sometimes things like migraines um, or constipation as well, all of those things would tend to make me think, hmm, maybe this client is a bit depleted in this. And especially if someone has had a really full-on, busy, stressful period in their life, or just someone who's stuck in in that stress mode and can't relax and can't unwind. Um, again, 
makes me think magnesium. Magnesium plays a huge role in your body being able to relax and in your GABA production, something called GABA, which is really important for sleep and for relaxation. And also from a practical muscle perspective, you have calcium and magnesium. And on a really simple level, calcium is what helps your muscles to contract and magnesium is what helps it to relax. So that's quite a nice picture of how it works in the body. If you just got lots and lots of calcium and not a magnesium to balance that out, it can be really problematic because you can almost imagine that contraction happening all the time and that can affect your brain, your muscles and and your sleep and just mean you're not able to fully relax, rest and restore. So magnesium, a great one. Um, And uh, something I see really commonly, I noticed this myself, I remember recently I was like, oh, I was not having as great quality sleep as I would like to have um, and I don't necessarily think you need to have crap sleep just because you're pregnant um I so I was like oh I wonder if it's my magnesium and I what do you know since having a bit more magnesium in my life then that's really helped so what are some of the ways that you can kind of replete your magnesium stores um well I love Epsom salt baths they're a really gentle way of getting more magnesium into your body transdermally so through your skin so having a bath I'm putting two cups of Epsom salts in. You can buy them on Amazon, buy them online, all over the shop. Um, is a great way of doing it and has very little contraindications. Obviously, if you maybe have things like really bad psoriasis or eczema, then sometimes hot baths can be irritating, in which case you can get things like magnesium lotion. Um, so I would say initially, unless you're working with someone or you're testing um, or you're able to... Um, work with someone like me or someone else that can make sure that your magnesium doesn't have any interactions with any present medications, then those would be great ways of getting more magnesium into your system. I also often recommend with clients supplementation as well. And I tend to use either magnesium malate, magnesium glycinate, or magnesium citrate, depending on what's going on with the client. So if a client's more fibromyalgia-esque in their symptoms, then I might use magnesium malate. Uh, For me at the moment, I'm taking magnesium glycinate. So I get a bit of glycine, which is really, really important in pregnancy. And um, magnesium citrate is good for constipation. So depending on the client and what's going on, those might be things I would recommend. But again, it's always great to just check in with any, um, if you're on any medications, check in with any interactions there. Also with magnesium and with all of these things, more is not better. And we get into that trap of, oh, magnesium is good for me. So I'll just have tons of it. No, no. Remember Goldilocks, you want not too much and not too little. And that's why testing can be really helpful of like, oh, actually I've got too much magnesium. That That is also possible to have too much. I don't see it that often with my clients, but it is a thing. And that can might be, you might notice stomach upset. You might do test results that show that. Okay, so the next two actually kind of fall into one category, um, and these would be B vitamins, so specifically B12 and folate, and I would probably maybe throw in their B6 as well. So you have um, your B vitamins, which are a group of vitamins that all do different things, but you could summarize all of them up as impacting your energy production and your brain and DNA replication, kind of, that fairish summary for all of them. But B12 is something when I run, often when I run thyroid panels with people, I'll always include a B12 marker in there. And that's often something that people are low in. Also, I also probably get, this is probably the most common nutrient that people are way too high in as well. Like if someone's just been mindlessly if you've just been taking B12 supplements for like 18 months and you've never ran a test and you've never checked in and you don't actually know if you need it, you you could be getting way too much of the stuff. I have seen that where they're like, oh, I just read on this blog that B12 was good for you. So I've just been taking it for like four years. I'm like, right, 
well, maybe stop and let's test and see. So B12 is a common one. Again, you don't want too much. More is not always better, but I do see it's something that's low in a lot of clients and it's often accompanied with low iron as well. Um, not always, but often low iron and low B12 work together. And B12 plays a really important role in your methylation pathway, which has a lot to do with your DNA replication and energy and I'm not going to geek out too much on the pathways of methylation. You can Google it if you want, or if you already know a bit about it. Um, but it's really common for um, B12 to be low. And the, the most common things, again, symptoms I'm looking for with clients would be kind of depression, low energy, um, feeling a bit sluggish, feeling like their brain fog is not that great. Maybe low iron, if that comes up, then that'll always make me think of B12. Also just aging as well. Naturally, as you age, you're um, your stomach acid decreases and that impacts your absorption of B12. Any vegetarians or vegans, I'm always, um, the research is really clear that they are really at risk of being low in B12. So that's always something to keep an eye on. And if you are a long-term vegetarian or vegan, it's something you really want to kind of budget in like a yearly test to just check in with your levels because you do really need to keep on top of that. Um, so that would be B12. And um, then we've also got folate. And most of the time we think of folate when it comes to pregnancy and in the form of folic acid. Um, but folic acid is a synthetic form of folate, which is why I don't take folic acid in pregnancy. I don't recommend clients take it. I recommend that we take that you take a methylated folate because it's utilized so much better in the body, especially if you have a genetic predisposition. That means you can't uh, convert folic acid into a bioavailable, usable form in the body, um, which is a bit of a side note, but it's something that gets my goat when, uh, especially when women have been struggling for years and years to conceive or to maintain a pregnancy, you switch them onto folate and their body's like, finally, something I can use and it can make the world of difference for some, for some people and in some cases. So folate, again, I tend to find folate really makes a difference in people's energy levels and mental health. That tends to be a big difference there. The reason you might be low or have poor folate is green leafy vegetables. If you're not eating enough green leafy veg, you're not going to be getting enough folate. But also, even if you are eating tons of green leafy veg, but you've got a lot of gut imbalances and dysbiosis and digestive issues, then you could still be really low in folate, even though you're eating tons of kale and spinach and green things and broccoli every single day. Because if your microbiome isn't healthy, you'll really struggle to synthesize and absorb the folate that you're eating. And that was my problem for years. I was like, every time I tested, my folate levels were so low, despite being like, all the green stuff. And it was because there was still gut dysbiosis going on. And because I have an, um, a genetic mutation that means I struggle with um, my folate production. I just need a little bit more help. So that's been something I've really was aware of before I conceived even my first son. And even in preparation with this pregnancy now with the twins, I was really aware I need some good ass folate in my system. So folate's another one. Also B6, this is something that I see a lot with women. Again, this has a lot to do with stress um, and can be depleted a lot through stress. So if someone is um, getting a second wind at night, if their hormones are out of balance, if they um, don't do any relaxation, can't unwind, and especially if they're the hormonal cycle is a little bit out of whack um, and there's just different issues going on or even if it's postmenopausal, I'll tend to think about B6 and that's often something that I'll check um, through the Dutch hormone panel that I do. Both B12 and B6 come up in that hormone panel that I run with Regenerous Labs um, and that can be really helpful because that plays a really important role in your resiliency, building resiliency, as well as within your hormone metabolism and production, um, as well as in your stress. So that's a really important one with that. Um, you would get a lot of your B, B, well, folate you would get from um, green leafy vegetables. B12, the best sources of it are from animal products, which is why uh, vegetarians and vegans are often low. So your good quality organic grass-fed um beef um, would also would probably be best source. Liver is actually the best source of it. So getting some homemade pate in there, even chicken liver pate can be really, really great. Best food sources of B6 would again be things like beef, chicken liver, tuna, 
um, would be a good one. Um, sweet potatoes, bananas have a little bit in it. Um, what else is there? Uh, it's a bit of it in carrots, salmon, spinach. A lot of these superfoods just have all the nutrients in because you're also going to get B12 and folate from spinach. You're also going to get loads of other nutrients from eggs. So a lot of these awesome natural real foods actually just contain all the goodness <laughs> in them. Um, but those would be certain food sources. When it comes to, if I say I had a client who we ran some tests, we know they're low, low in B12, we know they're low in folate, um, and maybe we know they're low in B6. Often with clients, I will first work on their gut health and especially on their chemical digestion um, because there's no point in just supplementing with B vitamins if you never actually deal with the problem and sometimes B12 and folate is because there's lots of gut dysbiosis, infections and poor stomach acid, poor chemical digestion. That means they might be eating spinach and beef, but if you're not getting the nutrients from that, that tells me there's a problem with your digestion. So you might be like, Kezia, I eat mm, like a steak once a week or something, but every time I get tested, my B12 is low. That tells me that a, your digestion might be off and there might be some dysbiosis going on and B, also there might potentially be a genetic thing getting in the way of that. So that's the first thing you really wanna look at. Supplementation is a bit useless if you don't actually tackle the root of it. And remember the word supplement, it's a supplement. It's an add-on to um, all the other stuff you're doing. It's an add-on, it's an addition. It's like the icing on the cake of you actually having healthy hormones pathways, a good digestion, healthy chemical digestion, you know, all of these things. It's simply like the sprinkles that can add and really support those pathways. Whereas if you just blindly adding on supplementation and supplements without actually making a decent cake, for example, no matter how many sprinkles you add, it's, the cake is gonna taste awful. <laughs> If you've got a terrible cake, if that makes sense. Meaning if your digestion is off, it doesn't matter how many supplements you add. And if you don't deal with the root of the problem, you will just be wasting money on your supplements. But with probably 90% of my clients, I do use supplementation because we are working on their hormones and their digestion at the same time. So often with B vitamins, sometimes I'll recommend a B complex if that's helpful for people. Some clients I'll put on quite a high dose. Other clients really, really gentle. A lot of the time, obviously getting people to sort out their gut, eat more green leafy veg, eggs, beef, liver from really good quality organic sources is one of the best ways of doing it. Optimizing their digestion so that are absorbing that. And then also, I also do, um, sometimes we'll just singularly supplement with just B12 or just folate because sometimes clients have really good folate but low B12 or really low folate but really good B12 and so I'll do single nutrient supplementation depending on their symptoms and what is happening there. But if in doubt, upping the good quality food sources and supporting your digestion is a great place to start for your B vitamins. Okay, the next thing um, category I want to look at is one of my favorite vitamins. If you've ever worked with me or listened to this podcast for a while, you know I'm very partial to vitamin C. I love, I love vitamin C. It's a really cheap, affordable, well-researched, pretty safe um, supplement that just has so many benefits for very little cost and very little risk to humans. It's just awesome. I love it. So vitamin C is often something, um, it's not, there's not many tests that I run that specifically check vitamin C. So this is probably something that I would assume from symptoms. So someone that's low in vitamin C, again, would be someone who's just been stressed out or had periods of intense trauma, stress, hashtag 2020, um, or can't relax. Someone that gets regular colds, sniffles, congestion, mouth ulcers, um, that would definitely make my brain go ding, 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 vitamin C, bleeding gums. Um, that would also make it go ding, 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 vitamin C, but also you should go to your dentist if you do have bleeding gums. Um, someone, again, who's just feeling really run down, um, that would um, make me think of vitamin C. Those are the main ones, but also I notice with clients, sometimes it's, they just feel that kind of sluggishness and they feel a bit under the weather and just a bit, and vitamin C can play a role. 
Um, so vitamin C is a great vitamin. You get different forms of vitamin C. So I'm primarily going to talk about something called ascorbic acid because that's the cheapest, most readily available form of vitamin C. It's also maybe the one that's got the most research on it as well. That's the stuff you'll see in the supermarket, at your local chemist. That's generally what you're looking at is that ascorbic acid. Um, and you can also get food-based vitamin C that would be things like camu camu powder or citrus peel or areola cherry. I don't think I say that properly. And that you could argue is more bioavailable. It's a bit more expensive. And then also I use with clients something called liposomal vitamin C, which is vitamin C that's being like held and carried in fat, um, to aid its absorption into the body. So I have a client at the moment who has been struggling with a lot of respiratory issues, a lot of kind of UTI type symptoms. The doctor doesn't say that she's not necessarily getting UTIs whenever they get tested, but it's the same kind of symptoms. And it's basically just really run down and had a really full on couple of years. So with her, we're using liposomal vitamin C. And when I'm doing more intensive things with clients, we want that, but it is more expensive. So your ascorbic acid is one of the few supplements that actually I'm not overly fussy about the type that you get. Ideally, you'd get a good quality one without fillers and gums and crap and stuff in it. That's non-GMO, all of that sort of stuff. But this is the only supplement, the only thing that I would say at a push, you could just buy at your local supermarket. Okay, please never, ever buy any other supplement, fish oil, magnesium, multivitamins from a supermarket or a local chemist. It's just, I can guarantee they're going to have cheap, not kind of non-bioavailable crappy stuff in them because they'll be from mainstream brands that focus is on profit not on healing the body essentially okay so just remember that but with vitamin c ideally you would get something a little bit higher quality because this cheap stuff at the supermarket has got loads of fillers and stuff to bulk it out but it's better than nothing and if money is an issue for you then go for it so what does vitamin C do in the body? Now, most of the time we know vitamin C helps with your immune system. I've done a whole episode on that in terms of boosting your immunity. It plays a really important role when it comes to viruses. Vitamin C and vitamin D are shown to really help with that. Um, vitamin C is amazing for boosting your immune system. So throughout winter, it's a great thing to take. But also what people don't often realize is vitamin C also plays a role in your production of progesterone, which is a hormone, and that a lot of women can be low in sometimes. And when I run labs with people, with women, and they can be low in progesterone, and that can be contributing to a lot of those PMS type symptoms. So it plays a role in that. It also plays a role in your detoxification. Vitamin C helps with the production of something called glutathione in your body. And glutathione is like your body's master antioxidant. That's what it gets called. So your body is often creating, always creating, sorry, antioxidants. And glutathione is one of the best ones. It's like a, think of it as like a, your natural supercharged detoxifier. And often if you've got um, long-term health issues, chronic health issues, fatigue, stress, low immunity, all of these kinds of things going on, your glutathione production cannot be that great. And so vitamin C can really help the production of that. It's also really important for your adrenals. So from a stress perspective, if your adrenals are always firing, meaning you've got lots of adrenaline and cortisol going on, you're a bit tired and wired, you get that second wind in the evening, your energy doesn't feel consistent, you're maybe waking up between two and four, two and five in the morning and can't get back to sleep. Um, then your body potentially is using a lot more vitamin C because your adrenals are overworked. So it plays a role in that. It also plays a role in heart health. There was a great um, uh, Linus Pauling or Pauling Linus, I can't remember, won a Nobel Prize looking at vitamin C and how it impacts the heart. And it's just, it's just, I could go on and on. But vitamin C is really helpful. It's also a really safe one to supplement with. So um, it doesn't really have any contraindications that I'm aware of. Um, from my research in the databases that I use, it's water-soluble. The If you overdose on it, if you just decided to like, wow, I'm going to take 30 vitamin C capsules, which I would not recommend, you're just going to end up with really bad diarrhea, probably. I mean, I don't know why you would bother doing that, but 
that's kind of the worst that would happen. Generally taking about 500 milligrams to maybe even a thousand milligrams a day. Sometimes people need less than that. Sometimes people need more. Me personally, my body feels really good on like two to three grams a day, especially in pregnancy. I've actually upped it. I definitely feel better having a good amount of um, vitamin C. And that makes sense because there's a lot more oxidative damage going on in pregnancy because um, there's just loads of chemical reactions happening. I've got all of my bodies and then I've got two, two baby girls in my stomach and all of their chemical reactions and my body's got to deal with all of that. So vitamin C, that's a great one. Um, if you want to support your immune system, um, help fight viruses, colds, which I suppose a virus, um, bacterial infections, help with your energy. There was even a research paper that showed when people are following a healthy diet and supplementing with vitamin C, they can boost their weight loss by up to 10%, um, which is always nice. Uh, so vitamin C is a great one. Uh, natural food sources, obviously, would be things like fruits, berries, oranges, citrus peel, also your green leafy vegetables. But if you're looking to get that 500 milligram to 1000 milligrams daily, you're just never going to be able to eat that much vitamin C, like no matter how much you juice or how many smoothies you wake, which is why this is one that I most often supplement with. You can get really cheap ones. I'll put a link in the show notes to the one that I use, um, which is just a nice cheap one but that can be really helpful. Okay, the fifth or maybe sixth nutrient that I see most depleted with clients causing a lot of problems, and this isn't a mineral or a vitamin, but it is your omega-3 fatty acids. So omega-3s are um, something that a lot of the time, again, don't, doesn't often come up as being really low um, in test results just because you can run test results for your fatty acid profile, but I don't often do it that often. Um, but bit, but blah, blah, blah. <laughs> sorry. But your omega-3 fatty acids are really important. So if you think your brain is made up of fats and every cell in your body and your cell membrane is made up of fats, basically. And it's really important that, like we've been talking about throughout this episode, that your body has the right ratio of things. Like I was talking about with the muscle, you want, you know, you need calcium and magnesium for a healthy muscle. You need not too much and not too little things. When it comes to your omega fats, you have omega-3, no, omega-6 and omega-9 fatty acids. And all of these play an important role in the body. Your body can generate uh, omega-9 fatty acids, but with omega-6 and omega-3s, your only source of that is through diet. So your main sources of omega-3 fatty, sorry, omega-6 fatty acids are things like vegetable oils, nuts, seeds, um, rapeseed oil, yeah, um, Prim, evening primrose oil, those kinds of things. Your best sources of omega-3 fatty acids would be fish oil, sardines, mackerel, chia seeds, maybe hemp seeds, walnuts, those kinds of things. And it's really important that you have these in the right ratio. And most of the time, people have far more omega-6 fatty acids than they do omega-3. And basically, if you have too many Two, if you're eating too much omega-6, which is primarily processed food, vegetable oils, packaged foods, crisps, takeaways, also nuts and seeds as well. Um, you're not eating a lot of fish. You're not eating grass-fed organic beef. You're not supplementing with any fish oils or any um, uh, healthy kind of vegan omega oils, nothing like that. You probably have really high omega-6. And when that is out of ratio with your omega-3, it can be actually very inflammatory, pro-inflammatory. So along the pathway of omega-6, you can um, within the body, it can get converted to something called arachidonic acid. And that can is um, increase certain prostaglandin production and your, what they called, leukotrains, leukotrains, yeah, 
Anyway, an inflammatory protein within the body. And it's really common, especially with vegetarians and often with vegans, that people, they're really high in their omega-6 fatty acids and it's just driving inflammation in the body. Now, symptoms of this are not always that clear, but generally the things that will make, again, my brain go ding, ding, ding when a client is talking to me is if there's depression happening or anxiety because these fats play a big role in your mental health. And there's been loads of research around how supportive your omega-3 fatty acids are for things around anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. So any mental health issue will make me think, okay, we maybe need to support with omega-3 fatty acids. Um, Also general inflammation, so joint pain potentially, um, gut dysbiosis, because omega-3s are really helpful for helping your gut lining, um, fertility issues, hormone issues, that could be an issue a thing as well. But the main thing that would make me think is joints, brain, uh, and your skin. Sorry, that was the other one. Skin issues, eczema, psoriasis, those kinds of things. Because again, if you think your skin is basically just tons of cells mushed together, um, it's really important that you have the right ratio of fats in order to um, support healthy skin, healthy cellular membranes in the body. Does that make sense? It's more complicated than what I'm saying, but for brevity, we're just not going to go into the in-depth pathways of omega-3, 6, and 9 and the fats in the body because it's just complicated. Um, so to summarize, we need more omega-3 fatty acids most of the time. And now again, like everything else I've said, you can totally overdo it. So people can, especially maybe if you're a pescatarian and you you might have too many omega-3 fatty acids going on and you need more omega-6. That can happen. I've seen that with clients. That is totally a thing. But generally speaking, a lot of the time people aren't eating enough of these omega-3 sources and they've eaten historically a lot of processed food and a lot of these processed vegetable, hydrogenated oils, sunflower, vegetable, margarine, um, certain seeds and nuts that are high in omega-6 and not enough omega-3. So the best sources of omega-3 fatty acids would be from fish. Like you really don't need to supplement with this. Again, like with all the food recommendations, every all the food that you eat is dependent on your digestion. So you could be eating the perfect diet, but if there's dysbiosis and inflammation going on in your digestion, then you might not get all the nutrients from it. But let's just assume your digestion is great, in which case the best sources of omega-3 fatty acids would be things like your um, sardines, mackerel, salmon. Those would be the main fish I would want you to eat more of. Also anchovies, those four main fish, tuna, not so much, cod, not so much, white fish, not so much. They're still great, like still eat them, but don't think you're getting loads of omega-3 fatty acids. Also from a vegetarian perspective, hemp is a great one. Um, you get some from green leafy vegetables. Walnuts are also a great source if you're a vegetarian. Um, egg yolks are a good one if you're a vegetarian. Walnuts are a good one. Hemp, hemp oil is a great one to take if you're vegetarian or not vegetarian or hemp seeds those would all be really useful in terms of increasing your omega-3. And then sometimes with clients, I also do, we do supplement with um, fish oil as well. That might be cod liver oil if they're low in vitamin A and D or just a good quality fish oil. Excuse me, just did a little burp. (laughs) Hashtag real life. Um, And I'll often get clients to take that Um, or if they are looking to conceive, then that might be something I would do. It's really important with fish oils, if you're going to supplement, that you um, aren't on any blood thinning medication like warfarin or those kinds of things. Um, And also that you get good quality fish oil is something that I would rather you just bought cheaper tins of mackerel and sardines um, and eat that than buy a cheap supplement because it's really important with fish oil um, fish can be have a high amount of heavy metals and can go rancid really easily because it's this unstable fat. So only supplement with fish oil if you know you can get a good quality one and it's going to cost you at least 30, 40 pounds um, to get a decent fish oil. Um, but there's no point in buying the stuff at the supermarket. It's probably rancid and filled with heavy metals and it's not worth your time. It could maybe be doing you more harm than good. 
But if you are wanting to support your brain health, have a lot of inflammation going through your body, are making babies, it's really important. Your omega-3 fatty acids are what produces EPA and DHA. And there's so much research around that, again, um, around supporting mental health, but also in terms of um, supporting healthy outcomes for babies and mums, as well as skin and brain and energy and all of those kinds of things. So there we have it. We've talked about magnesium, B12, B6, folate, vitamin C, and omega-3 fatty acids. We're on fire, guys. So what do you do with all this information? Well, first thing is take a deep breath. Breathe out. And just take a moment to thank your body. Isn't your body awesome? It really is. Your body is so awesome. And it's always trying to do you good. And sometimes we don't understand it. And sometimes we get frustrated at our bodies. But actually, even some of these inflammatory things that we deal with and symptoms that we deal with are often the body trying to protect you. So just side note, but worth knowing. And then think about it. Okay, after everything I've said, what one thing really resonated with you? Were you like, oh, magnesium, that I think I don't sleep that great and I'm constipated and I don't have much energy. Maybe I should give some Epsom salt baths a try. Or maybe you've ran some, your GP's told you before your B12 is low or is too high. Or maybe you're a vegetarian and you're like, oh yeah, because yeah, I don't think I get much omega-3 fatty acids and I do feel like my joints are a bit sore or my skin is a bit dry. Then think about what's the one thing you want to take away from this. And number one, what food could you eat more of to help with that? That's the best thing. This could be as simple as just adding an extra portion of green leafy veg to your day or making sure you're eating fish three times a week. So can be really, really simple. And then part B of that is looking, okay, is there any way I can safely supplement this in my life? Maybe you're working with a nutritionist, maybe you're not on any medication, you know, looking into that and seeing, okay, does any of this apply? Again, I always would start first with food um, and any kind of skin, bath, transdermal things, apart from maybe vitamin C. That's something you could all take. I give it to my son in a spray form because he goes to nursery and nursery is just like a snot fest. Um, (laughs) And we all take it as a family. So that's a, a generally a safer supplementation su- supplement that you could take. But think about this. Don't try and implement all of these things at once. Take a deep breath. Think about which one resonates with your body most and just take action on one thing. Okay? You've got this. Your body loves you. It's always working hard for you. And a little bit of support, a little bit of intention around these things could really make a massive difference and really help shift you from feeling tired, sluggish, brain fogged and blah, to actually feeling like, okay, now I'm feeling good. I'm not, I've not had a cold in several months. I've got energy in the afternoon. It can really make the world of difference because it's really important when we, a lot of these things aren't aren't things your body makes itself, like minerals and vitamins and the omega-3s, your body doesn't make them. So if you're not getting them through food and if you're low in them, then your body is gonna struggle. It's not like your body can just go, oh, I'll just go out and find, buy some magnesium from the shop and use it. No, if you're low in magnesium, then your body is gonna struggle, okay? It needs all of these things. These are all ingredients, to the recipe of a healthy, happy you. Okay. Have an amazing day. If you have any questions, then feel free to head over to my Facebook group, which you can find if you just search Kezia Hall on Facebook or send me a DM on Instagram. Otherwise, thank you for your time and I will see you next week. Bye.